Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Homestead Community Church. If you are visiting or you are new, we are glad that you're here. If you're, well, I mean, we're glad that you're here. If you're not visiting or new, we're glad everyone's here. Um, but you are, if you're just coming in, if you haven't been to church in a while or you've, you're just visiting Homestead, you're coming in on a week that is a little bit different than what we're normally doing. We are in the middle of our campaign, what we are calling our Welcome Home campaign. So what that is, is as a church, we are raising money. This is the capital campaign because we want to find a church home. We have been a church for three years. And for those three years, we've been renting space from this Methodist church, and they are a great community of people who welcomed us in, and it was a, it was a great story. We believe that God kind of just opened these doors. I mean, literally, we came by here when we were thinking about planting a church, and we said, we need a building. Let's stop by here. And we opened the doors, and we wandered through. There was nobody in the building, but the doors were all open. So we gave ourselves a, a self-guided tour. And, uh, and we thought this is a great spot. And so they have been really, really welcoming to us. We have our kids' rooms. They, stay, they can stay set up. We store all our stuff here. If anyone has been a part of a church plant that was fully portable where you pull the trailer and on a cold January morning you start unloading the sound equipment in a freezing cold parking lot and then you have to wait for an hour for all the sound electronics to thaw out before you can plug anything in and... Anyone, anyone been there? I've been there. So, uh, yes. And, and on those days, we said, let's, when we plant a church, let's find an old Methodist building that we can keep our stuff in. But we believe as we continue to grow um, that it is time for us to find a church. And so there's a building in downtown Farmington that we are pursuing, and we are raising money for that. So I have to make my normal disclaimers here, all right? Maybe you are new to church and maybe for a long time you said, the reason I don't go to church is because every time I go, they're asking for money. And uh, so you picked a great day to come today because we are right in the middle of this campaign. We don't always do this, but we are raising money as a church to buy a building and to renovate the building. Um, but here's my, here's my disclaimer. If you are new, if you're visiting today, or if you are kind of on the fringes of church, here's my goal for you. We want to invite you to be a part of our family. We, this is a family this is a community of people, and we would love for you to be a part of this community. We think there's a great community of people here, um, and uh, we would love for you to be a part of that. And we would love for you to just open up your heart to faith, to open up your heart to Jesus. And all of these things remain true if you never give a dime to this church, if you never give a dollar to this church. We want you to know that you are welcome here, you belong here, and that we just want you to open up your life to Jesus Christ. We want to point you to him and allow him to do a restoration in your life, a work of mercy and grace in your life. And that's what we want. So we didn't invite you here. Nobody invited you here to get your money today. We want you to know that you are a part of the family. Um, how many of you over the last month have been to a pie meeting? Anybody been to a pie meeting? Yes, awesome. So what we had for more details on this campaign project, the business plan, more about the building and the finances, um, we had pie meetings at our house. And pie stood for Pastors Information Exchange. Ooh, makes you want to go to that. But what we did to sweeten the deal was we offered pie, actual pie. So I think there was a lot. How many of you were just there for the pie? You just came for the pie. That's fine. That's it's the little bait and switch. So today, what we have today is a little bonus pie meeting after church today, right in the fellowship hall, kind of in that corner of the lobby. We're going to serve lunch. We don't have pie, but we have chipotle. Mmm. Ooh, so instead of a pie meeting, Pastor's Information Exchange, we're, we're calling it a taco meeting, and that's going to stand for Talk About Church Opportunities today. 
It was either that or a guac meeting, a guac meeting, which would stand for give under astronomical compulsion. <laughs> but we thought taco was better. So um, if you have not, you know, if you've not been to a pie meeting, you're welcome to join us. We've got plenty of food, so come have lunch with us. And we're just going to talk about the building, a little bit more about the specifics of the project. We'll be doing that a little bit in our message today. So this is kind of the information, the infomercial part of the sermon, and normally we don't do this, but since we're right in the middle of our campaign, there's a lot of information we got to get out to you. Um, you should hopefully have gotten one of these. This is our 14 days of prayer brochure, and we've been going through, we started last Monday, so for the two weeks leading up to the commitment day, we are praying every day. So if you don't have one of these, grab one of these, and it just gives you a verse and just something we're praying for as a church in regards to our campaign every day. And uh, we, I've enjoyed... Uh, I've enjoyed praying along these things each day, knowing that the community of Homestead is also praying for these same things. Um, in addition to that, we have a book. If you haven't gotten a book, Fields of Gold by Andy Stanley. So it's a small book, an easy read. Um, a lot of the leaders of the church and people involved in the campaign, we've been giving out these to them. This is a free gift for you today. Now, this is about stewardship, about generosity, and in the world of churches talking about money, Sometimes that message has gotten a little weird. Sometimes there's been weird messages where it's more about the prosperity of the pastor or the fancy car he can drive and maybe a, more like a guilt, like give, or more of a, if you want God to listen to you, you have to give lots of money. Those, all those messages drive me crazy. But this book is, in my opinion, the best book that I've ever read on just a pastor talking about we're supposed to have generous hearts. We're supposed to have generous hearts. God wants to use us to provide resources to those who are in need and to his ministries around the world. And in exchange, he's going to provide for what we need. This is the promise that we see throughout scripture. So I would love to have you grab one of those books if you haven't already gotten one of those. And then finally, a couple other things. You should have gotten one of these awesome campaign brochures today. This was designed by our marketing department, also known as Christy Kerr. Um, so that is a, that's, this is a great brochure, more talking about the project. And then one other thing I want to highlight before we dive into what we're going to talk about today is next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. All right? Commitment Sunday. So that is, we've been leading up to this, and what you're going to get today is a commitment card. If you would like to partner with us, if you would like to make a contribution or a commitment for the, new, for the Welcome Home campaign, for our new church home, we are collecting those next Sunday. All right, so we would love to have you here. The kids are involved. The students are involved. Everyone's been involved in this, so we're going to have a moment where the kids are going to come in. They've got their commitment cards. We handed out little piggy banks for them. Now, again, this is not to nickel and dime your family in every possible way. This is we want to train our kids and our young people in our church what it means to be good stewards of God's resources, what it means to be generous with our resources and in every area of our life. So next Sunday is Commitment Sunday, so we would love to have you join us, and if you want to, we would love to have you participate in this campaign. But for today, what we're doing is we are just asking everyone to pray. We're just asking everyone to pray about, God, would you like me to be involved, and how would you like me to be involved? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So um, that is it. Commitment Sunday next Sunday. And one final thing is next Saturday, we're going to just have a moment where, as a church, we would just love to have you pray. Um, we're going to send out information this week where it's kind of like our day before, our 24 hours leading up to it, where we just want to take some time with you and your family 
we would like you to take some time. So this isn't like we're inviting everyone here. We're not here for the 24 hours leading up to Commitment Sunday. That would be weird and we'd all be tired. What we're going to do is for the day leading up to Commitment Sunday, with you and your family at home, we would love it if you would just take 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and just pray for our church. Pray for our church. Pray for this campaign. We believe that God has great things in store for our church. We believe that God is going to open doors for a building for us. And we love being a part of what God is doing. So we're just going to pray that God would be glorified through this process. So more information on that can be on our Facebook page this week. But Saturday, the day before Commitment Day, we'd love it if you would just take some time, 15 minutes with your kids, talk to them about what they're doing, about what we're doing, and then take some time and pray together. That was a lot of information. I am definitely not cut out for QVC or infomercials or anything like that. But that's it. So if you have any other questions, um, you can check out the campaign brochure. And in the brochure, we have a giving guide. Now here's some really good news for the day. I think you have, at the back page, you have kind of a gift profile about how we're trying to raise $300,000 that's gonna get us going towards buying this building. And uh, as the leadership of the campaign, so there was 12 families that were involved in leadership, different, you know, involved in hospitality, involved in coming up with the prayer calendar, involved with getting reading plans together for this book. All those families, and last, or a couple Saturdays ago, we met, and we as leaders of the church, we gave our initial campaign. And so our goal was to raise $300,000. So the amazingly good news is that in those 12 families, we've already surpassed that goal of raising $300,000. So that is a great report, which some of you should clap really loudly for right now. And so that was based on the size of our church, based on our giving, but that didn't get us to where we could actually buy the building. We were still going to have to finance it. So what we want is we want to increase the goal. So I think in the brochure you have a new gift profile guide of what it would take to get us to a goal of $500,000 as a church over the next two years. So we're going to give our commitment cards next Sunday, and then what that does is that starts the giving phase where over the next 24 months we're just going to give towards the campaign. Um, so... That is also in your brochure. So today, we're going to continue this series, and it's based on this Welcome Home campaign. I want to look into God's Word a little bit. Today, um, we're going to talk a little bit. Christy and I are going to share our story, our stewardship story, in just a minute. Um, and we are actually going to share the amount that we're going to give to the campaign. Now, this is just something as leaders we felt like we wanted to do. This is not like a, hey, look at us, look how great we are, or you know, anything like that. And you have to know that no one else's commitments are going to be made public. This isn't like we're going to blast them up on the screen and say, are you sure? I've looked at the car you drive. Are you sure you want to be? <laughs> There's none of that. But we're going to share our story and how we came to what we feel God led us to give to this campaign. Because it's a part of a larger story in our lives of how we have seen God be faithful, how we have seen God ask us to step out in faith, and he has provided, how we have seen him direct us where we thought, we're going to take a step of faith here, and we have no way of paying the bills. And we saw God provide every step of the way. So we're going to tell a little bit more of that story. But just to recap what we've been talking about, and what you would read about in this book, Fields of Gold, is the biggest obstacle we have for living generously for taking those steps of faith, for making commitments with any, any area of our life, especially in the area of finances, is fear. That's the biggest obstacle we face because we want to provide for ourselves. We think, well, i got to hang on to my resources, right? i got to hang on to that because what if I need it? 
What if in a year something happens? What if there's a job loss? What if the economy turns? What if something else happens? And I got to make sure I'm providing for myself. And if there's enough left over, then maybe I will give some to God. And what God is saying is, I want to rid you of that fear. What God is saying is for each of us, how about this? How about you trust me to provide for what you need every day, and then you just be generous with what I've given you? It's all his, right? Amen? It's all his, and he says, just trust me with what I'm going to give you, and you just be generous. And you see that throughout Scripture where God calls his people to take a step, to give this, to sacrifice this, and he says, and I'm going to provide everything you need every day. So I want us, again, to take that journey on of, Lord, get rid of that fear in my life. Get rid of that fear, that need to kind of hold on to my resources and just open up my heart to trust you and to listen to you and to be obedient. And in a few minutes, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, if you want to turn your Bibles there. But for now, I want to invite the lovely Christy Kerr up here. We are going to share a bit of our story. Could you give a nice round of applause for the lovely Christy Kerr? Steve, she's just going to use the vocal mic. You could probably just turn it down on the monitors so we don't get blasted. Not that her voice is blasting. I just don't necessarily need it amplified right now. I'm just kidding. Um, we are grateful for this opportunity to share with you. And both Christy and I, we're going to just kind of talk about our story as far as God's provision and God's faithfulness to us. We both grew up in pastors' homes. Um, Christy's parents are Roger and Ann Lane. Wait for us, Roger and Ann. It's lovely to have them here. They've been so instrumental in helping us plant this church. Um, but we grew up in homes, uh, pastors' homes. So for me, I grew up, my dad was a pastor in Western Canada. I'm a Canadian. And so I remember growing up in regards to money. I don't think my parents were breaking the bank as a pastor of a smallish church in Calgary, Alberta. But they taught me how to be faithful with God's resources. So right from day one, they taught me what it meant to tithe. And that meant take 10% of what you earn and you give it to God. You give it back to God. And so I would, anytime I earned money, they taught me, to, okay, take 10% of this. So at first I was like, whoa, that's, that's a lot. I could buy more candy with that 10%. But I learned how to do that. So for me and for Christy, tithing was something we just grew up doing. It's something we still continue to do. And so that was never a stretch for me. The other thing I learned... Um, or for Christy. But the other thing I learned from my parents was, in spite of times where I'm sure there was need, I'm sure there was a shortage of resources, I never sensed from them any sort of stress. I never got from them, I never saw them like wringing their hands and just like, you know, fists pointed to the sky, like, how are we going to do this? We're going to run out of money. I never saw that. I just, uh, what I learned from them was just a confident trust that God's going to provide. God's going to take care of it. So that's the environment that I grew up in. And then something began to shift in my heart as I got out on my own, as we got married, as we started having kids, and now I felt the weight of responsibility of like, whoa, I got these bills come every month, and now we got kids, and they like food every day, and all these things. Like, and so what I sensed in me was more of an anxiety coming. Christy's never had that. She was obviously much more spiritual than I, because she just had this... She kept that confident faith in God, and she kept that generous heart. She would give stuff away to anybody she would see if stuff didn't belong to her, and she was borrowing something of yours, but she saw someone in need, she'd give that away too. And she'd just say, I'm just going to be generous. And I, I found that kind of eroding in my heart, where I just felt more and more of this pressure and stress, and I felt stress growing in my life. And that, there was times where that was a, 
source of conflict in our marriage because she had this desire to be generous. And I would be the one saying, I don't know if we can do that. What if this and what if this? It was fear-based, like we're talking about. It was that fear, like, I got to hold on to this because what if we need it? And so I, um, that was something that God, I wanted him to do a work in my life. And so we, we went entered a season probably seven years ago now. We were on staff at a church in Apple Valley, River Valley Church. Um, we were there for 10 years. And uh, we, we were doing okay financially. And we sensed that God was saying, there's a new season of ministry. And you're going to need to take a step of faith and resign your position here. And we said, great, where are we going? And how will we pay the bills from day one? And God said, I want you to, as the theme has been through all of us, through our lives, I want you to trust me. I want you to take this step and trust me. So we resigned our position there, and we didn't know what we were going to do. And actually, we were leading up to where we were going to announce that we were um, resigning our position, and we didn't know where we were going. We didn't know how we were going to be making any money. We just knew that this is what God was asking us to do. And it's great standing here today because seven years of hindsight, we can see, wow, look at what God was planting in us then that he, we have seen him build over the years and now we're here. Now, we, now we're planting a church of our own. But there was a day when we were kind of leading up to resigning our position and I was stressed, probably more than Christy, because that's kind of how it works in certain, certain areas of our life. And uh, I was like, oh God, I don't know if we can do this. Like, I don't know if we can do this. I like these paychecks coming every two weeks. That's great. I love that. How are we going to do this? And we had a day in August of 2010, I think, and some of our neighbors are here as well. We had a tornado go through our neighborhood, like an actual tornado, not a tornado of fear or of uncertainty, (laughs) actual winds um, tornado go through our neighborhood. And so there was a ton of damage on our street. And as a result, our neighborhood went through a bit of a rebuilding, and we had an insurance claim with our insurance company. And... We had a contractor that we knew who came in, he, he got the insurance money, and then he said, well, here's, we can kind of save here, and we can cut here, and we can do this, this, this ourselves, and if you want to do this. So as a result, it got to the point where I was wringing my hands, fearful, like, God, how are you sure you're calling us to get to step out in faith, to resign our position? And I got a call from our contractor, and he said, hey, I got, you know, I fi- finished crunching the numbers, and the insurance money went further than we thought, and there's some left over. So, like, this was literally hours after I was saying, God, are you sure we can do this? I got the call, and he said, so the way it works out, after it's all said and done, you're going to have $8,000 left over for you from this tornado damage. And so at no point did I think, $8,000? I never have to work again, right? You know, that, <laughs> I'm just going to let that ride and live off the interest and... Woo, smooth sailing from here on out. But what that was for us was a moment where it was just God saying, I've got this. I've got this. The resources are there. I can provide for you. I've been providing you for you before by giving you paychecks every two weeks, and now I will provide for you in other ways. So that was a moment where it was just another, okay, we trust you. And so we took that step of faith. Yeah, and he's making me sound really great. I mean, it's stressful. I mean, we... we when we planted Homestead, it had been um, almost a three-and-a-half-year period where we did not have a steady income. We completely lived off of just side work and different things like that. And um, that season was incredibly challenging, obviously, um, because it's we, we knew that God had told us to take a step, and we had been obedient, and we thought, okay, well, we'll know in two weeks what's happening. And yet God was teaching us what it meant 
to trust him, what it meant to um, every time the end of the month was coming going, oh my goodness, how are we going to pay this? And we'd get a call and say, hey, could you come speak here? Could you come lead worship here? Could you come do a workshop with our people? And every single time, every single time, there was enough. Every single time, there was everything that we needed. There was never a month we couldn't pay our bills. There was never a month. And it was just so amazing to watch how God worked and what he was teaching us in that season of, if you just trust me, I promise when you obey me, I will take care of you. And so it was, it was really amazing to watch God work. But I think for me, um, the biggest challenge, you know, I've, I have always been very generous, but it's tougher when you don't have a lot of extra right? And I would love to be generous all the time. And yet sometimes I'm like, Lord, it's so frustrating because when finances are tight, you feel like, how could I, how can I be generous? And, and so I would begin praying, God, give me creative ways to be generous. Lord, I want to find ways that I can be generous. Help me to learn how, how I can give things and how I can share with others who are in need and um, show me ways that I can crunch things different and be generous. And I never wanted the, the idea that I didn't have so much because a lot of us think, well, if I had a lot of extra, then I would be generous. And you know what? I really believe, and Linnea was just telling me, she's teaching our kids today about the widow's might about giving out of your little, giving what you can. It doesn't have to be a lot, but learning, God, I want to be generous. So if I have something and I can give it, speak to my heart. Let me know how I can share it. So I'm going to tell one story, and then I'll be done. Really, I really will. Okay, he's nodding like all husbands do. Okay, so um, after we had got this insurance check, you know, we were feeling at least like, okay, well, we're not going to starve like tomorrow. We have a little bit of money. And so I got the husband talk where like we, he sat me down and was like, okay, so this money in the bank, like we don't know how long this is going to have to last. So like this isn't like go to TJ Maxx money. <laughs> this is, anybody, anybody else get that talk? I'm the only one? Oh, oh, thank you. All right. Yes, <laughs> yes. So again, like, okay, we don't know how long this is going to last. We need to just make sure that we're really careful with this. Let's just, you know, any extra things, let's just tighten everything up. You know, I'm sure all married couples have had that talk of, like, tighten it up. My dad used to say, it's time to stop the hemorrhaging. That was always what it's time to stop the hemorrhaging, stop spending, just tighten everything up. So, and I was like, yes, I am on board, team player. We're going to tighten up. We're not going to spend anything extra. And so literally, hours after I had that conversation with Jeff, I was meeting a girl for coffee who I knew. And um, she was a younger, young adult type person. And so we went to coffee and I was talking to her and um, she didn't have really any family. Her mom had passed away and she never really knew her dad. And so we were kind of just having this conversation about her life. And she started talking about um, just, you know, how she was just struggling and she wasn't going into a lot of detail, but I felt God speak to my heart in that moment. I want you to give her $500. And I'm like, what? And I knew it was God speaking to me. And again, at that point, I, don't, I had never given anybody $500. I, I don't know that I still have given anybody $500. That was more, I don't know that I had written a check for $500 at that point other than our mortgage. And I was like, oh, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Jeff's going to be so mad at me. He just told me not to give away all this money. And I just, and I'm sitting there and my heart is pounding. And this is, I wanted to make sure it wasn't just like Christy being Christy of like, oh, I just will give it all away. I wanted to make sure I knew it was the Lord. And so I kept praying, Jesus, just let me, just let me know that this is you. And the more I kept talking to her, sure enough, she started sharing that she was really struggling financially. 
and wasn't sure how she was going to pay her rent. And I kept thinking, well, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent either. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there, and I just kept hearing God saying, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. And so under the table, I'm trying to text Jeff, like, so she can't see, like, can I give this lady money? And he's not answering, and he's not do. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I know that this is the Lord. And so as she went to the bathroom, I tried calling. He didn't answer. And I didn't want to be disrespectful, just so you know. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but I did want to be obedient if God was speaking to me. And so while she was in the restroom, I pulled out my checkbook, and my hands were trembling. And I wrote this check, and I folded it up. And when she came back, I, I just slid it across the table, and I just said, I just felt like God wanted me to give you that. And she just immediately started crying, and I was crying, and I just said, you know, I just, I just want you to know God sees you. He knows you. He knew I was going to be here today. He spoke to me. I just, I just know I'm giving this not because of anything other than God told me to, and he loves you so much that he, he told me to give this to you, and I want you to know how much God loves you. And it was a beautiful moment, and then I get on the car, and the whole way home, I'm like, oh, dear God, please tell Jeff that it's, this was you, that this wasn't me just being whatever, the whole time. I'm like, you know, you, you had an angel show up to Joseph to tell her that Mary was pregnant, and if there could just be an angel, and I could walk in the front door, and he'll be like, you don't even need to say anything. The Lord has revealed to me that you were supposed to give this woman $500, and... I had sensed a disturbance in the force a little bit, I just... <laughs> So I got home and I was kind of like, I had that, you know, that same feeling that I do sometimes after I come home from Target and I've spent too much. And I'm like, oh, I'm nervous to tell you. But I remember I just said, okay, I did something. Um, I said, I just, I just really felt like God just wanted me to be generous with this woman. And I gave her a check. Okay, how much? $500. And he did that like, hmm. <laughs> and this is what I will never forget. He said, Christy, I trust your ability to hear from God. And in that moment, he had my back as, you know what? This is what we're here for. This is what we're all about. We're here to listen. Whatever God tells us to do, that's what we're going to do. And so that night, again, we were kind of thinking like, well, God, you better not do this a lot. We're gonna, that 8000 is not going to last very long. And I want to tell you the rest of the story because the next morning, I was sitting at our kitchen table and my doorbell rang. And I went to the door. And there was someone that I knew who had an envelope. And she said, you know, I've had this envelope that I really felt like I was supposed to give you. And I've been waiting, and I just have forgotten about it. But this morning I woke up, and I knew that I needed to bring it to you. And she was kind of embarrassed, and she handed it to me, and she walked away. And I sat down, and I opened it, and there was $1,000 cash in it. And I remember going, yeah. <laughs> I just remember God in that moment going, I have got you. I have got you. You don't ever have to be afraid to be generous with what I give you. You don't ever have to be afraid. You don't ever have to be afraid. I have got you. And the fact that God spoke to me to give, and then he spoke to someone else to fill my lack. That's how God works. And when we are all a part of God's family, that's how it works. We don't have to be afraid to be generous. We don't have to be afraid. We have to learn the idea that we can be the funnel that God gives through. We don't have to be afraid. We can trust him, and we can know that he has always got us. 
and we can trust him with every area of our lives, but especially with this one. And that, that was a great lesson to us as we went through those next years of knowing, you know what, God, we're not going to hold tightly. We're going to just be generous with whatever you ask us to give. Right. So when we were going into this campaign, immediately I knew that this was going to be a season where God was going to do a work in my heart. Um, you know, as the pastor of the church, I was like, okay, well, I have to, you know, step up. I've, I've been involved in building campaigns at other churches before, and there's times where I felt like, yes, I'm, I'm really invested. I'm going for it. And this time, I've, I knew God was going to challenge me. I also knew that it was not going to be a case where I, I was going to get a number from God, and Christy was going to be the one to say, what? How could you? No, because she was going to be on board, and she was praying and hearing from God. But I knew God was going to stretch my faith in this. And I, and I was excited about that because I needed that. I, I said, God, I want to stop living in this fear and angst over every bill, every unexpected finance. I just want to just recapture that trust and that peace and that rest. So as we went through that, I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. And we've talked about this in the campaign, um, head, hand, and heart. So you can give with your head and you can think, okay, what can I afford uh, monthly? You know, in the budget, what room is there in the budget? And we've got four kids, and they still love clothes and food every day. And now braces and grad parties and college on the horizon and cars and insurance. And it never gets less expensive, really, I don't think, until they all move out, which maybe will happen someday. Not for a long time, young kids. We, we love you. Um, but I, I was like, okay, there's not really, it's not like I can say, well, let's just add this into the budget every month line item. So that's head giving. And then there's hand giving. What have I got? that I could give. Maybe it's something that we could sell and give. And for us, we have opportunities to minister outside of this church and go and speak and lead worship and different things. So we said, okay, well, we can offer all of that to the campaign. And then there's, there's head and there's hand and then there's heart. And the heart is what we're asking everyone to do is just say, God, what would you like me to do? And maybe there's a stretch of my faith that you would like. And that was the moment I knew that God was going to challenge me. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to beat God to the punch, and I'm going to go really high, and God's going to be like, whoa, Mr. Generous, you better step it back there. That's what I was thinking, right? And so I said, God, what if, I, what if we give $10,000 over two years to this campaign? And that was, and I was feeling pretty good, and I was still just like nervous about that, that he was going to say, okay, you said it, done. Um, but I, w I was nervous, and, uh, but I just remember thinking, okay, I'm, I'm willing to step out in faith. And that was out of every campaign we've ever given to, that was over double of what we'd ever done before at any church. So I was feeling good about that. And God, I never, I'll never forget, God spoke to me and said, how about if we double that again? And so, Christy and I are committed to give $20,000 over the next two years. And I just say that as to say, God's going to put you in a position where you might want to stretch your faith a little bit. And for us, I, I heard that and I instantly was like, okay, okay. It might have been a little bit like when she came home and said, I just wrote a check for $500. I was like... Okay, God, we can, yeah, we can do it. But I said, I want this work to be done in my heart where I just say, God, I know it's you. I know you've got this. I want to stop holding on in fear. And so I'll tell you real quick, because we got a couple other things I want to do before we're done with our message today. Um, what happened right after that was when I was sensing this, and I shared with Christy, and she had been praying, and she was in agreement, and we were excited about that. And what happened was it was just about time for me to hear back from my tax guy. It was tax season, and I was like, this is it. I've made the commitment, and he's going to email me back, and he's going to say, you won't believe this, but the, the government has been overcharging you for 20 years. 
So I've got a check for $20,000 for you right now. Like, that's honestly what I was like, okay, this is, this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to roll. And I got the email from my tax guy, and I looked, and I looked, and it was like, oh, we owe $2,000 in taxes. I was like, oh, man, Lord, you are off to a bad start. God has, God has stumbled out of the gates on this one. And then what happened was I got a call from a friend who was raising money to send inner-city kids to camp, that same camp that we showed a video for that our kids are going to. There's an inner-city church in Minneapolis. They want to send kids to camp, and they ask people to sponsor a kid. And he asked if I'd be willing to sponsor. And this, and it was $250. And this was the moment where I thought, oh, man, like, God was challenging my heart saying, yeah, this doesn't mean you're going to stop being generous everywhere else. And so this was kind of like the, not a test, but this was kind of like the, okay, we're going to see how this goes. So not only the tax bill, and now I said, okay, um, we will we'll sponsor a kid. And it was just like, oh, man, God was really kind of messing with me that day. And uh, since then, I've stepped out, and, uh, and God has provided in other ways. God has provided. We were at a retreat just yesterday and the day before where God provided in ways that we were unexpecting not expecting, unexpecting. Um, and so I, we share our story with you just to say God is, God's got you. God's got you. And again, nobody's campaign commitments other than ours are going to be made public, and this is the only time we're making it public. Um, but this was just our way of sharing our journey where God is stretching us. And what I'm excited about is two things. I'm excited to see how God is going to do it. I'm excited to see how God's going to do it. And I'm excited to say down the road when we're in the building, that, hey, we were a part of that. God, look what you gave through us. Look at how you provided for us, and we were able to give. So thank you, Christy. Can you give Christy a hand for coming up, Sharon? All right. So real quick, got about 10 minutes to go here. I want, you to, I want to look at some verses in Galatians 6, because this prayer card, this 14 days of prayer we were reading through, and it was on, what, Wednesday, day three, where the verse was Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, Galatians 6, 9. And I was reading and praying that day, and I decided I'm going to read more around that chapter. And I loved these verses. It's about sowing and reaping. If you've ever heard that, you, know, what you, you will reap what you sow. You've heard that maybe from your parents or from a Sunday school teacher or a boss or something. It's sowing and reaping. What we plant, we will harvest. And this is every area of our life. I wanted to read a couple other verses around that, Galatians 6, verse 7 through 9. I'm going to read these verses, Galatians chapter 6. 7 through 9 says this, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing good, doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Those are great verses. And we've been talking about that through this series. We've compared our resources and our generosity to a farmer with seed. And if we are saying, I'm going to hold on to my resources because what if I need them someday? That's the same thinking as a farmer saying, I've got this seed, but I don't want to plant it. I don't want to plant these seeds because what, what then? I, I won't have my seeds anymore, and if, what if I need them? Well, that thinking is irrational because you have to plant the seeds for the harvest to come. And this is what God is teaching us with our resources. Be generous. Be an outflow of the resources he provides. Sow generosity. Plant generosity, and God will provide. 
We've talked about through this last couple of weeks how Scripture teaches us to sow generosity, and we will, get, we will reap God's provision. But there's a broader picture in these verses that I want to talk about just for a couple of minutes. In every area of our life, what we plant, what we sow, we will reap. And so Paul, even in the chapter before, chapter 5, Paul, who's writing this letter to the Galatians in the New Testament there, Paul is writing, and he is saying, he really explains this so well to these believers. He says, before you knew Christ, we all have the sinful nature. We, and everyone in the room here, we understand that we have the sinful nature. We have what the Bible would call the flesh. What we have, all those sinful tendencies and appetites and all those things, and we have that. But when you become a Christian, you now have the Spirit of God in you. So we no longer live for the past, the sinful nature. We live for the Holy Spirit. And so he, I want to read some verses in chapter 5, just the chapter before, starting in verse 16 and going through 25. So Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. And this is talking about those two worlds, this battle that we have, the sinful nature and then living for the Spirit of God. So it says this in verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants, desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. And maybe you're there here today and you're just like, yeah, I feel, I mean, there's days where I feel that, that tug between this old nature, the flesh, the sinful nature, and the life that Christ wants to live in me. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, what that means is, for Christians, the Old Testament law, the law of Moses, was all the rules all the rules. And so what Paul is saying here, and maybe you can relate to this, if you're thinking that faith is all about just the rules, you're missing it. What it is, is sowing into the life of the Spirit. Don't sow investments and don't put energy and time into the old sinful nature, but sow into the Spirit. And if you do that, then you're not under all these rules. It's not about the rules. It's about living for the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 19, it says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. And so when we sow into the, our life in the Spirit, this is the harvest that we can expect. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So that broadens the picture of this sowing and reaping, doesn't it? It's not just about finances. Sowing and reaping is everything that we do, every area of our life. So now that we kind of see Paul lay out that foundation of what this means, that the warring worlds that we have, the sinful nature and the Holy Spirit, life in Christ. Well, now let's look at those verses we read again in 6 verse 7, in chapter 6 verse 7. 
Let's just read those again. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest an everlasting life from the Spirit. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So my question for you today in light of what Paul has described, in light of what we recognize, I can recognize it in my life, days where I feel like, oh man, the the sinful nature is warring. There's times that it's battling against me, and there's times where I recognize, yeah, I've been sowing into that old nature a bit. Some of you are like, man, I've got like six of those things already this weekend by now. And you're looking at that like, why is my life a mess? Why am I reaping a harvest of just bitterness of defeat of whatever it is why am i why is the harvest of my life why is my life a mess well paul is describing it you're investing you're sowing you're planting into those things you're planting into the wrong things so if you're wondering why you're struggling with life it's because you've been sowing into the sinful nature the old life so are you sowing into fear are you planting fear or are you planting into lust or pleasure or greed Are you focusing on those? Are you feeding those things? Because if you're feeding those things, you're going to reap that harvest. It's very clear. Paul says you can't mock God's justice. This is how it works. This is just how it's going to work. If you sow, if you plant, you're going to reap that harvest. You will always get the harvest for the seeds that you sow. So this capital campaign, Welcome Home campaign, is a much larger picture for us as a church than just finances. This is not about the money. This is about learning to live according to the Spirit and not according to the sinful nature. Learning to live according to the Spirit where God says, I want you to trust me. I want you to be generous. I want you to have the fruit that I showed you in these words. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that I want you to sow into, and I will do a work in your heart. This is about learning to live according to the Spirit and not the flesh. This is learning to bring God into every area of our lives, including finances, and to push back that fear that we will not be provided for and have trust and faith that he is going to provide. One quick story. In the 15th century, there were explorers in Europe, and they were were hearing rumors of unexplored parts of the world what would become America. And they heard about trade posts and they heard about all these other lands that had all these resources and all this opportunity to go and explore and tons of you know, financial reward. But the problem was the widespread belief was that the earth was flat. And so they thought, well, if we sail away from our shores here in Europe, eventually we're going to fall off the edge of the earth. This was what they thought. So that is what kept them for a lot of years from sailing out and exploring the new land. It was this fear And so eventually they got to the point where they would go out a little bit further and I was reading up on this and they would sail very slowly so that they could see the edge of the world if it was coming because they didn't want to go too far and fall off the earth as we would also not want to do. Um, But eventually what happened was they conquered their fear not because they just decided not to be afraid of a flat earth anymore. They reprioritized their fear and realized we have a greater fear than, than falling off the edge of the earth, <laughs> which, what could that be? But they thought, you know what? We're missing out. We're missing out. There's a whole world out there. 
we're missing out on all this opportunity. We're missing, and for them it was financially motivated. All these resources, all this land that we can settle and claim and reap the rewards off of. And so what they did was they reprioritized their fear of the unknown what was out there. And instead, they said, well, what I'm afraid of more is missing out on this opportunity. And eventually that fear of missing out on new lands and new opportunities replaced the fear that the world had an edge and they were gonna fall off of it, right? And so through this campaign, I've been talking about how our fear limits our ability to be generous. And I want to end the sermon with this thought. It's important to prioritize our fears, right? I don't know that that really is ever going to fully go away. But what we do is we say, okay, there's something more than that that I'm afraid of. There's something I fear more than that, and here's that. Like those sailors, are you afraid of stepping out or are you afraid of missing out? And what I mean by that is, are you afraid of missing out on what God wants to do? We can live fearing the future. We can live fearing what will happen if we're generous with our resources. We can fear the approval of others or the disapproval of others. We can fear for our safety. All of those fears are what drive our world today, right? You turn on the television, every advertisement... Um, I sometimes do this just to bug my kids, or sometimes it's just in my head, where every advertisement, I always think, be afraid, everybody, be afraid, because they're selling you something to help you with your fear. They're saying, here's what you should be afraid of. Every news story, every product they're selling, everything you see is just fear, 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 and here's how you can overcome that. But when I talk about prioritizing our fears, here's what I think. More than that, more than those fears, I fear on missing out on opportunities to see God work in my life. And I want to ask you if that's what you could reprioritize your fear and say, rather than, what's going to happen if I give this? What's going to happen if I help this person? What's going to happen if I talk to that person? What about if I step out in faith? What about these fears? What about these fears? And instead say, no, I am more afraid of missing out on what God wants to do. I am more afraid of getting to the end of my life and having some money in my checking account, but missing out on everything that God wanted to do through me, through my resources, through my time, through my talents. We are, what about missing a chance to invest in the kingdom and see lives change? Sometime years down the road when we're in that building and people are giving their hearts to the Lord, teenagers are coming to faith, kids are building relationships and putting their faith in Jesus, all that fruit of that harvest which we are planting seeds for now. Boy, when we're down there in that, in that time, a few years down the road, I promise you, you're going to be glad. Boy, I'm glad I stepped out. I'm glad I didn't miss out on this. Look at what I got to do. Look at how that investment of resources grew a great harvest for the kingdom. I don't want to get to the end of my life and think, boy, I missed out on what God would have done. What if I would have stepped out in faith? What if I would have really trusted? I'm more afraid of those things. I'm afraid of living my whole life for nothing. So I want to just invest. I want to trust God and step out in faith. I want to set sail. I want to set sail off the safe shores and go into the uncharted world where God says, I got you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to stretch your faith. There's going to be times where you are uncertain, but when you get there, you're going to say, wow, look at what God did. Look at what God did. And that's why we planted this church. That's why we're giving this campaign. That idea of, I don't want to miss out, God, on what you're doing, that forms everything we do, and I want to challenge you to do that, have that same thinking. God, we want to be open to you, whatever you want us to do. So let's close in prayer today. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And so, Lord, each of us today, we take these fears that we have for our resources, for our families, for how we're going to provide, for what's coming in the future, for our safety, all these things. And we set those aside, and we just say, Lord, more than any of those things, we want to be a part of what you're doing. 
we trust you, we praise you, we have faith in you, and so, Lord, we just open up our hearts and our hands and we say, whatever you want to do through us, we will do it. We don't want to miss out on what you're doing. We want to set sail. We want to set sail for a life that you have for us that is abundant, that is an adventure in faith, that is going to be times where you stretch us and we look back and we say, I'm so glad I trusted God. I'm so glad I took that step. Look at what God did through this. So I pray that you would do that work in each of us this week. And I pray for next Sunday, Commitment Sunday, Lord, we're just praying that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up. This week, as we spend time praying, I pray that you would speak to hearts, that you would stretch faith, but it is not about the money. It is about hearts that are surrendered to you and looking ahead in anticipation to how you are going to provide every need that we have, and we thank you that you promised to do that. Thank you for all these things in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.